Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started on today's podcast, let me tell you how to get in touch with us. You can follow us on Instagram at First Comes Love TCM. You can call the voicemail at 347 True Love. That's 347 878 5683. Or you can email us at Let's Talk at First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage.com. Hey y'all, welcome to First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. My name is Lindsay Jackson. And I'm Aaron Jackson. And on this fifth episode, we are doing our book club. We're talking about everything inside with author Edwidge Danticat. So listen up. Let's go. Welcome to First Comes Love, Then Comes Marriage podcast. My name is Lindsay Jackson. And I'm Aaron Jackson. And this is a very special episode for us. We have the opportunity of starting our first book club. And this is our very first book, Everything Inside, by author Edwidge Danticat. We were able to have a Zoom call with the author herself. The esteemed Haitian-American author has been featured and published all over the world in many different languages. She has been on Oprah's Book Club. She has been in New York Times Magazine. And this is just to name a few that you might know, but she has been all over the world. And just to have the honor to speak with her was such a joy and a privilege. So let's listen in on the conversation. Black love. What a beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> right? oh what my a beautiful image there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. We are so excited. Super excited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> opportunity to meet with you and talk with you. Oh my goodness! I'm like, oh, so exciting. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me. And you are our very first guest that we're having for our book club. So it's just, it's such an honor. First of all, with all of your accolades congratulations on all of your success we're just we're so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with you oh well um, thank you thank you for having me i love your shirts there thank you <laughs> i'm gonna send you one yes please do i'll, I'll, I'll tell you my size off the zoom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how, how are you first of all how how are you doing i'm doing okay actually uh you know we um it's been a year of, we've shared the same year that everybody has, and I've been at home with two young women. Um, you know, my daughters who are 12 and 16, they're, they're wow. coming through it really beautifully. But I think for a lot of parents, it's suddenly like, you know, we're doing all our jobs at once. <laughs> you know, your, yes. your mom, your teacher, your, all these other things that you always are, but you also like your work in the world, it's all done in the same place. But I mean, if there's a, a silver lining is that we've gotten to really, my husband and I've gotten to spend a lot more time with our girls, probably a lot more time than they want to be spending with <laughs> us. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we feel like we've gotten like a bonus year with them. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, been, that's been really nice. I mean, it's also, there's also been a lot of sadness, like, like everybody else, we've lost people we mm -hmm. love, but um, 
you know, I think, I think overall, like being with family and reconnecting and refocusing on certain things, you know, has uh, helped a little bit. Yes, that's, that's exactly where we are right now. We're actually in my parents' home. We mm. had to relocate during this time. And we've been in LA for a year. We're based in New York, but we're in LA right now. And so I, I hear you. I understand exactly what you're saying. And our son is too. So we're- Oh, wow. You're yep. a multi-generational household. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's beautiful though, that you can all be together because I- one of the things that I kept thinking about, like my mom and dad have both passed away, but they were living in New York and we were here. And I was thinking during this time, we'd, we would have to reconfigure our home, right? Otherwise mm -hmm. you'd be so worried about them. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And especially in the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, I was the, the guy. I'm going grocery shopping for everybody in the family. Mm -hmm. Everybody give me their list because, but if, we were far away, we wouldn't have that opportunity. Uh, so that, that was one of the things that was a, a blessing that mm -hmm. we could just, that I could be there and be like, okay, you, you all stay put, especially since the higher you're in the higher risk. Yeah. yeah. We do. We have older, we yeah. have a lot of older parents and, and grandparents. Um, but I, I, I want to get to it because I'm just so excited. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this, everything inside your book, I mean, wow, I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. So we are, we're fiction readers, but we've never read anything like your stories and they were so powerful. So I, I first question that I have for you is, um, do you base your fiction on like historical events? Because I was seeing some connection there and my husband's grandmother, she used to go to Haiti every year. Oh, and wow. you can, you can talk about that. She had, um, that was her mission and she would come and she would bring everything that she learned back to the church that she has here and we would donate. And it was, it's huge for her. And when she, she's 90, 92, 92 now. I don't want to age her on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd get in trouble for that. <laughs> Which you stopped going. It was hard for her because that was her passion. Um, so I just, in reading your stories, we kind of were reminded by everything that she would tell us. So I was just wondering if, if there was a connection there. Oh, absolutely. I am, I think I'm one of those writers that I need uh, like an anchor in order to en enter a story. And I need it to feel real for me. Um, before I can make it feel real for, for the reader. So I always start with a, a seed of truth, you know, something I might have heard and researched and looked into. And then I delve deeper into the emotional part of it. Like, and then I ask myself, oh, what if it turns out this way? But there's usually a, a, a you know, a kernel of, of truth, um, truth in terms of reality or or actual events. So it's something that, that I look for because I, you know, sometimes, you know, the fiction does take over at some point, once you're in the story, it flows and it surprises you. But to get me started, I have to feel like this person I'm writing about is real. And, and often in that way, you borrow pieces of different people, you know, you know, and I'm sure as your grandmother, when she went to Haiti, she met like what we would call characters, you know, like someone who's like just, these people who mark you, who you just, 
know you'll remember forever. And so mm -hmm. when you're writing fiction, it's like that you want those kinds of people and you want those kinds of memorable events. And then you put your own individual imagination, your own individual visions on, on those stories. Mm -hmm. mm. And so speaking of one individual event, there are two stories in the book that I actually, I said, I was reading and I was like, this is one encounter that really magnified and changed the whole course of their lives. So in seven stories, it was this one encounter when they were seven for a month and it just, it changed everything. And that was so big. I related to that story so much because I am a child of a military household. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I will meet someone and I don't know I, I wouldn't know until later on that I um, I changed their life or they've changed my life or I, I'm thinking about them. And so I was just thinking with these stories, do you write them until they're finished? Or do you like, do you have a, like a stop and go process? What's your writing process? Um, it, it is a stop and go process because it's a process of discovery. And often when you're writing about people, you know, characters, I, I often think of them as like when you meet people, there are people you meet and in the moment you meet them, you're like, oh my goodness, it's like I've known this person my whole life, Yes. yes. right? <laughs> and then it's like, yes. you're, like you've traveled all your journeys together and you, like, you start finishing their sentences and, that's, and there are people with whom that's immediate. And mm -hmm. so there are characters that are like that. And then there are others that you have to draw them out more and it takes a little while for them to trust you, to you know, to become more attached to you. So, uh, and those, so the, the characters for me in, um, in the, the seven stories with the two friends is that I, I think we all have, like, when you look back at your childhood, you might have one remarkable teacher or one remarkable friend and, and being from a military household, you've met, you just traveled through people's lives, right? And then, and then you have to, and they travel through your life. But there's something, you know, you mark somebody's journey in ways that sometimes you don't know. So for these uh, two characters, you know, they're, they're almost like they floated through and they were both fascinated by one another. And I think, especially with your experience, people must have seemed very exotic to you because they were very different. You know, they lived yes. very different lives than what you lived. And then there's a kind of intrigue that makes you want to know someone, especially like the, that character who's like, I have a country. Exactly. It's like, who I want to go there, you know, and, and yes. it's also the way that younger people own things. And I think they own friendships in the same way. It's like, this is my friend, you know, mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. becomes so immediate. And we lose that as we get older, because it's like, you know, we don't, different life experiences, different courses, you know, we go to different schools and, but in that moment where you just kind of like cling to someone so strongly, especially I think as young girls, you know, when you're looking for like an image of mirror image of yourself, that I think it's a powerful experience that, that does carry out throughout our lives. And sometimes the reunions don't work out so well. Yes. Because the people <laughs> become some, you know, you, like you become very too different to relive that childhood friendship but other mm. times it's really it's really beautiful like my 
childhood, I have a childhood friend. We don't, we're not in touch all the time, but when we see each other, it's like no, no time has Nothing's gone by. Changed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly how it was when I came back. We were in New York. I was in New York for seven years. And when the pandemic came back and I'm calling people and telling them I'm back, I'm talking to them for three or four hours on the phone. Like, like we just saw each other and it's those connections. I was, when I was reading seven stories and I was thinking about how it's not the moments, it's the moments inside the time and not the time inside the moment. And mm -hmm. so it was only just a little bit of time, but the moments that they had within that time, it carried them into adulthood till she's married and now she's inviting her. And, and she, she came into her life. Kim came into her and Callie's life. Yeah at the exact moment where she needed a friend, right? She mm -hmm. witnessed this trauma uh, with one, the trauma of her father, but also the trauma of her mom mm -hmm. getting on the plane and just to have somebody and then have that connection. Cause I know there's always, sometimes I, I think about like, Oh, I wonder what they're doing now. Right. Or mm -hmm. I wonder who, and, and that story was one of my favorites one, because the way that she described her country, Mm -hmm. uh the gold beaches the pink yes. the pink sand yes and i i was like man i would i would <laughs> yes is she's that? like i don't i shouldn't be here i need to be yes <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and also the full spectrum of of seeing seeing her as a the story within the story mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. it was like it's a story of this little girl but it also had a uh like it's like oh where are they now well one's a writer and one is mm. the the wife of a prime minister and so yeah. um i really like i'm not i'm not the biggest reader so i love this book club and i was i was telling my <laughs> wife Lindsay, oh my i said <sighs> short stories is the best thing for me because i can mm. one i could get it and go and two this is going to lead me to my my question <laughs> I could I could I could get a story and I could finish and yeah. I make uh and I make my own endings sometimes because the stories are so short and I notice on a couple of your stories it, it's like okay this is the end of the story mm. but the story didn't end mm -hmm. and I wanted to know uh the reasons behind that because I was just making up my own endings uh, <laughs> that's that's what you're supposed to do I think you know, short stories are great for, you know, the modern reader because there's so much, sometimes there's so much happening in our lives and, and we're so used to reading in, in bits. That's one of the things I love about reading them too and, and, and writing them. So, but I, I do think, like, I think of it as them as like a painting or a photograph right when you look at like one of the, the you could think of any of these iconic photographs and and when you look at them you like you're absorbed you fall into it you're captivated and you know that there's something that happened before that mm -hmm. photograph was taken and you know there's something that happens after but in that moment you're just really captivated by it so i i think of short stories that way and and someone once said in, um, that like a, a short story is like a date and a novel is like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. So it's yeah. like, I guess it's kind of like speed yeah. dating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially if you're really busy, you don't have you mm -hmm. know, time to read too much. So 
um, I, I, th I like them for that too. And then you can, you know that if, when you sit, you're like, at least I'll finish this one, this one story. But that story, Seven Stories, it's in a way also about stories, like how we tell, you know, like what stories we tell ourselves, right? About things that happen to us. And, and the interesting thing now, and I thought about it when I was writing the story, like if I have any, if I wonder about anything that happened to someone I went to high school with, I can just Google them. <laughs> yeah. And then right. there will be something like either, you know, in some social media. So in a way that mystery, you know, that wondering, it's that it's a really rare person that you won't be able to find mm -hmm. somewhere online and i know people who you know i i'm probably easier to find because i'm you know of the books and everything but i know people who are hearing from people they went to elementary school with like on facebook <laughs> yes yes so there is that other you know that i didn't want to you know like i i had to address because it's a, in a modern time you know it's like someone says when you read old mysteries a lot of those mysteries would be easily solved by a google right they don't relate <laughs> anymore yes 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 no for sure um, i heard it because you you actually mentioned podcasts in that story as well oh, I was yeah. like, podcasts like oh yeah no i love <laughs> you know what's great about podcasts i i grew up like in haiti in a culture of radio mm. so they had rate we you know we grew up listening to radio plays you know, like mm -hmm. whether it was Christian stories or just like comedy stories. So I, for me, podcasts, it feels so full circle. Mm, like yes. it's part of like oral culture, like how we grew up and it's, and it's really, so we had uh, over spring break with my girls, we did a very long drive and we just listened to podcasts, Yes, <laughs> yes. you know? Yes. And so mm -hmm. it's a very, it's, it feels kind of like our grandma's way of just you know, <laughs> of yes. listening to the radio, but it's wonderful too, that people are willing to listen at a time where there's so much uh, else to catch their attention. It, it also shows, you know, the power of the medium. Right. Mm -hmm. And how every because, you know everybody can add their own to it, like you you two are doing. Yes, we. Uh, I actually I think I sold you on the podcast because I listen to podcasts because I like all. Well, usually I listen to sports because I love sports, but then sports goes into sports documentaries, and so now I'm listening to documentaries, and then that goes into a crime drama where somebody got set up for a crime, and so I'm like captivated. And it, it does remind me of the old radio, the old radios. Yeah. I remember on Saturdays, my father used to play uh, Christian radio and it was these Christian stories. It was this guy, it was called the adventures of Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was this guy and, and we just sat there as he was making breakfast and we listened to the radio before we went outside and played and we didn't watch TV. It was, this is, this is what we did. And I didn't even think about it now people are listening to us like when they're on their commute and stuff like that mm -hmm. so yeah it's, it's, it's storytelling it and, is and now we get to tell our story so absolutely and you get to tell it a couple of times a week <laughs> i know <laughs> it's been very very good for us for during this time especially yeah. um just a growing experience all together and merging what we both love to do because i love to read and so you know aaron was willing to I said, let's start a book club. Let's, let's do this. And, and I just picked 
books that I thought would be great to read, not really knowing much about them. That's how much I like. I, I gravitate towards fiction, but I, I prefer anything. I prefer mysteries usually, which is why your books are so great because the end is a mystery. The very first story, Dosas, I, I wonder if you can tell, if you can tell me how do you feel like she played out because it's really like there's a there's a quote there's a line in the book about love some marriages are detours and our podcast is about healthy relationships and and marriage and so we're just I said you know yes not every marriage is forever and here she is she kind of met did she meet the, her love in the end? Like, was that her love? Because I was hoping that he was a good guy and, and she met him and, and it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so. I am. I am too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me. Ultimately, no, I, I think it, I think it will, it will work out. I'll reassure you. I mean, okay. I think, I think the thing is you've probably discussed marriage more because of the nature of your podcast but I, you know, I just remember being newly married and then you feel like you have to have a certain kind of marriage before it was like the movies, like, like the way people are in movies. Yes. And, yes. and I, I feel like poor, poor men sometimes, like your partner suffers from it because you're like, <laughs> why can't you be like Denzel? Or <laughs> why yes. can't you just read my mind? All of the so, romantic comedies that we exactly. know. Yes. And then I, you know, I had a friend who used to say, remember, we were raised by soap operas. So we, were, yes. we also feel like, you know, in my time, like there should be drama. Dra yes, <laughs> absolutely. And you keep it spicy. And exactly. Like, yes, all of the yeah. things that we're told. Yeah. You know. So, so I think I, so this woman too was just like, you know, she, her marriage in a way she was a kind of marriage of convenience, right? In that mm -hmm. it's like two very lonely people who might hope one day they'll like get each other's papers, but she grew to love mm. this man. And I, and, um, and the way love, you know, is messy. And all of a sudden I, I think it was helpful for her to then have, it's like, okay, people, different people have different kinds of marriages. Like, you know, I, right. like for me, I always thought like, I, I used to think, like, I was like, my parents don't have much PDA in their marriage, you know, public yes, displays. Yes. And, and then I was like, oh, why don't you hold hands on the beach? My mother's like, oh, and nobody got time for that. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh -huh. Where is the beach even? You know, I'm working in a factory like six days a week. And so, right. and then, so you have to, in a way, I think that's what this, they were adjusting to. And then, you know, all the the different types of, you know, marriages that people have. And, and, and it's the same with mother and child too. Like in the, the second story, in the, the story of the Port-au-Prince marriage special, you know, I remember Oof. when I was reading that, I was thinking of, you know, Toni Morrison um, and Sula, I think, when the daughter says, you know, you know, mama, you never loved me. You never said yes. you loved me. And then she was like, you know, I was killing myself to keep you alive. Right. You know, like what greater definition of love is that? But so, so in a way, I feel like all the stories are about that, like all these different layers and, and shades of love and how differently we express them, you know, and that there's really no specific book for how we display our affection. And, and I think sometimes we're hard on 
on the people we love because we're like, they should do it this way or they should, you know, without wanting to prescribe them a script, we want them to think of it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah. yeah. I understood that because I think we talked about it two episodes ago, how I, I know some people who are getting married and I don't understand their relationship, but I do understand that they're getting married. And sometimes I see uh, other relationships of my elders and they, I don't see the love, but they see a successful marriage. So some, mm-hmm. some people stay together until their kids turn 18 or they stay. And so whatever their idea of marriage is, that's their idea. And me placing my, my ideals on their relationship, it, it could only, it could only disappoint if I'm just like, oh, well, you should be going out mm-hmm. on vacation and buying her all these things. And yeah. uh, it's one of those things that I learned as I got older and I had more life experiences. And I wanted to ask about, because I, there are, there are a couple of things, themes to me in the book, everything inside. And one was relationships. It was the relationships between mother and daughter, even with the, uh, the death. What was the second one with the death of the father in the old days, in the, in old, the days. old days. Mm-hmm. And, so it was relationships between human beings, but I also felt the relationship between the the main subject and the community, uh, either being Haitian-American or being Haitian, I felt like there was a real sense of, of community within that person, and they had a relationship with their community. And I just wanted to know how, how'd you figure that out, and was that one of the things you wanted to emphasize? Because I could really... I, I was like, man, I need to learn a lot more about Haiti because this sounds great. Like, I like <laughs> I like community that. stuff. I like the cultural mm-hmm. aspect of it, and it had me enthralled. Even the girl had pride in Seven Stories. She was like, "Well, I'm Haitian," and everybody stopped. And, the and, and then the uh, the yeah. husband played the song, and mm-hmm. for her and. I see Charles that Mingus, there's, a, yes. Haitian fight song. The Haitian fight song. I just want you to know, I murdered all the Creole and uh, the French. You kept, I so, tried. Uh, we did. No, that's fine. I was you like, I'll get it in context. I'll just get it in context. But I, I, I really wanted to know how, how you ended, ended up getting that, how, how you did it so beautifully, getting that feeling of community and that relationship between person and where they come from and who they are? Well, I think, you know, I grew up with that sense of community. Uh, first, you know, my parents were living here for most of my childhood in, in Brooklyn, New York. And I, was, I grew up with my aunt and uncle in Haiti, with my uncle was a minister. So we were really part of a community in the sense that, you know, everybody, other people's children were your children, you shared what you had. Um, and that maybe had come from, you know, not having much. So you have really had to count on your neighbors, you know, and then in a way that everybody was part of like what we call your laku, which is like kind of like it's called a courtyard, but it's a, co- a community, you know. Mm. And so I really wanted to convey that in the book and, and, and in community, you know, just like all communities. We don't always agree. We don't always see things the same way. We don't always practice the same faith. We don't always believe that our children should be raised the same way. But mm-hmm. what is there at core is love, right? And that yes. is just like, I have your back if you need me. 
and I'm there for you in the sense of, and what, you know, in the, the second stories in the old days is that the, um, where, where community, I think, manifests itself mo most powerfully is through rituals. And in a way, that's what, um, you know, migration takes away a little bit because suddenly you're in a different context. You, you, you know, you don't, you're a stranger, quote unquote. And that's what, say, the pandemic has taken away is that Absolutely. we can't bury our dead. We can't go to, you know, graduations. We can't mm -hmm. go to weddings. We can't go mm -hmm. through all these very daily, weekly, you know, these kind of routine rituals that we took for granted. These, rich, you know, going yeah. to church services, going to, you know, to hold someone's, going to a wake even. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's what, you know, splinters community. So like, so we find ourselves and I've had that to like watch a funeral on Zoom or, mm. wow. you know, and, or people who have loved ones who are dying in the, the you know, the, of, in the COVID ward, can't, you can't even be with them. You can't even comfort them. You're on a screen at, you know, to, with your loved one. So um, community is, you know, we, we actually miss it when it's gone. And I think for, for this past year or so, a lot of people who thought didn't think much of, you know, you just kind of went about your life and you, you know, you did these things, but you realize, oh, this is what community was, you know, and, and now we're trying to rebuild it in different ways. You have your weekly Zoom calls, you have mm -hmm. your drive-by mm -hmm. birthday parties. <laughs> yes, yes, you yes. <laughs> just did one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I think human beings, like we, we have to be together, you yes. know? And, and it's the same, I think, in a way migration is, is similar as if you move to, from the South to the big city, you know, and when you have these stories of the great migration or even migrations now, or you move from a different country, you know, that's when you go, when you end up in a new place, you're looking for community. You're trying to recreate some kind of community. So I think that's, you know, all these characters in a way are trying to do. And then when you get to the next generation, you know, as it was for my parents, and then you're like, then you're trying to make sure your children have that mm -hmm. because you saw the value of it. You know, for my parents, it was the church community and there's the Haitian community. Yeah. They really wanted mm -hmm. us to, to hang on to that because it, it meant a lot to them because it also served them. You know, it's like childcare, yes. you know, so that kind of support. And, you know, is, is you can't really even put a, a, you know, a price on it. Yeah. The village. That's a, and we, exactly. We talk, yeah. We talk about our village all the time and mm -hmm. we have a village out in New York, but coming back with our son was one, our one-year-old son back in the, and our village was like, we are ready. We've been waiting for him because he was so far away. <laughs> yes, and yes. he just, he's grown exponentially uh, in that village. And I felt like the, the mother-in-law, uh, when, when the father died, mm -hmm. she wanted to convey that. Yes. She wanted to convey in the, in the old days, like, this is how we do it because, mm -hmm. you know, that's the next generation. And mm -hmm. so, and I, I really felt that because, uh, the passing down of information, mm -hmm. the storytelling is is really key when when you have this community and you want to keep that that culture going. So, 
that was that was uh, one of the ones I got. I was like, oh, is not only is the relationship between the mom and the mom and the mom and the now deceased dad. Stepmom. I mean, the daughter and the dad. Oh, but yeah. now it's the daughter and the stepmom mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, I know you didn't know your father, but this is the way that we you. I want you to still be a part of this community. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I, I thought that was really cool. I, I mean, I really love this book. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. Like, this is a good first book. This was a great <laughs> first book. I mean, we could not have started the book club any other way. And we asked our listeners last week if they had any questions for you. So some of these questions are from them. Okay. And this one in particular, um, someone wanted to know about it's the stories were very triggering um, Mm. for some of them. Mm -hmm. And with our experience alone, I can, you know, we're talking about loss and deception and, and heartbreak and so many things. And so they wanted to know if it's the, the pain that you write, if it's healing to write them because they're reading them. Right. So it's almost like um, a, a, remembrance of the Mm -hmm, pain that they mm -hmm. had and so if it's healing for you to write these type of stories because they're very traumatic you know yeah well I think you know there are ways that and I you know I completely understand and I always say to people you know if you're reading something that you feel is triggering in a negative way put it down certainly Mm -hmm. because you know I, I understand that sense of trauma, you know, and um, and and there there are times when something is worded or expressed in a way that can lead you to kind of like a new realization that can be helpful. But if you feel like that's not what's happening, take a pause, take a breather. You know, I think that's important um, too. For me, it's it's always been like writing is in many ways my therapy. You know, it's always been healing for me to 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 write as it's there's a, a beautiful movie you know by Julie Dash um, called Daughters of the Dust and it's about you know these women in the Gullah Islands they're moving to the mainland and it's a, a wonderful culture that feels so close to you know African diaspora certainly Haitian culture when I watched that movie and one of the women in this yellow Mary she says you know I have a trunk I put all my pain in that trunk and Mm. and then in a way that I can revisit it to like as I want you know I'm Mm. paraphrasing Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it and I feel like for me that's what the writing is and so when I when I have talked to to women who've experienced traumas similar to the ones in my book I will say you know keep a journal you know, like there's some of my books, my first book, especially Breath Eyes Memory, is sometimes used in therapy groups. Mm-hmm. And um, because the, the, the therapists that in, who have invited me sometimes to speak, they're, they're not traditional therapists who are like, oh, you have a Freudian issue. They deal with, <laughs> you know, with our cultures, right. our yes. like traumas yes. and which, you know, which with everything, you know, like and being human, but also has these other like being black you know, and brown in the world. And, and so, and they will, and they would say, you know, they will have these groups and they say the people who, who get better are the ones who are able to express their trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you want to get better, you have to, in a way, try to verb, you know, even to yourself and your journal. So, so for me, that's really 
writing was how I was very healing for me. So living through, you know, not just the journaling and other kinds of writing, but writing these stories in a way, for me, they, they, they release the trauma, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a way of like, in a way, solving um, some issues, even if not, you know, it's like, I, I, people always tell me I don't have that many happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, you know, at least some yeah. things are worked through. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And, and, and also because I always feel like your endings can change. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, 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 the past is, has happened, but like that, the last story really resonated with me um, without inspection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this woman as a, as a wife, as a mother, and as the man is, is, is dying in the cement, uh, block he's like okay there he says something like loves that surpass lovers and so I think mm -hmm. of the woman and her story is going to continue so whereas we know what happened to her previously she still has to move on with her son and it really just is it's interesting because it the story doesn't end and that, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's wonderful in that aspect because it can still be written. Oh, absolutely. I think that issue of continuity, it's the same with that, the stepmother who wants, like, she's it's like your father dies, but he doesn't really die in that mm -hmm. way that the people we loved are always with us. So it's kind of that, you know, the continuity when I was thinking of that story of that, you know, I was thinking what would be like, I know like my mother, you know, who died in my arms, like she was sick and I was taking care of her when she died. I, there was something about looking at that face the last time where I was like, I know she's always, she's always going to be with me, mm. you know, and in some form right. that I don't even understand. Like I, you know, and so that sense of just like, life doesn't really end as long as you you're able to say somebody's name like yes. you know my mother used, used to say this thing that it's like you people die three deaths one when your breath leaves the air one you know when they put you on the ground and one and the really final one is when people don't remember your name anymore yeah. mm. so as long as we remember somebody as long as we are able to say their name they're still alive in some way yes. so i really in that story especially for someone who, you know, the way the immigration system worked for him was scapegoated, was erased, was, you know, living in the shadows. But the possibility that he just like, his love lives on, like the, the line is like, there are loves that outlive lovers, you know, in some mm -hmm. way. And these people, I think he's, is, a, is powerful because all of us were all in some ways, like the manifestation of somebody's dream, right? You know, somebody willed us to be here and 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 that love was so strong that that it happened you know and so i think that's that's kind of the you know arnold in and without inspection he believes that so much that he mm -hmm. kind of like at the end of his life it just carries forward yes uh, i wanted to say when we were uh talking about like the all the trauma uh -huh. and as i was reading it I was saying that you were writing all of like my like the deep fears that I don't want to mention. Mm. And so like um like uh 
my wife dying, my wife and child dying in the earthquake right by me. I'm listening to the last breaths, like my my father dying. Uh, all these all these things that I would deem in my brain is I wouldn't even fathom to say it out loud that I'm afraid and I, I worry about these things because they're deep dark fears that I I don't want. Uh, the man getting his arm cut off. The the lady getting HIV. Um, these are things that I feel not only me, but other people, it's their deep fears. And you write about it so beautifully that I can actually read about it and have some sense of calm about how I navigate through the story without tensing up and, and thinking about it for myself. And, and the reality you write in, um, I started I started looking up to see if any of these stories were like, true stories like typing the names in because i was like these it, it feels so real because in my own imagination this is a fear of mine i i i don't want to slip and fall nobody wants to slip and fall uh, off a building when when my child is just uh, in kindergarten or or i don't want to get uh, betrayed and and set up and i just felt that um, it's not really a question. I just wanted to say that the way that you navigated through these dark fears of minds was beautiful because I was able to read and still enjoy and not feel like, uh, I don't know, like shaky, you know, like trembling at the end. So I really appreciate it. Plus, I'm, I'm the person who always gives myself a happy ending at the end of a story. So <laughs> I'll switch it at the end anyway. Oh, good. No, I'm glad. I'm really glad. I mean, I think uh, about, you know, the worst fears in a way. I remember reading a long time ago something Stephen King wrote in that he said he was just writing the worst possible things so he could, like, purge them from his, you know, because <laughs> they're also fears that, that we have, right? Mm. And, and for me, and, and it's something that I've seen, sometimes, you know, your greater the greatest fear is doesn't even like the thing you think is the greatest fear doesn't even happen, but there are these ways that you, your life can just change in an instant, right? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this past year, it's something that so many people, we've experienced that in community in this last year. Like yeah. so many people have had that common experience and they've had it together which is really, you know, with different ways, with different outcomes, but we've shared this massive fear together, you know, as a world, mm -hmm. really. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, the thing is, like, if you were writing that story and we're all still in the middle of it, right? It's like, you, you know, let's hope, I'm hoping for your positivity <laughs> that, <laughs> that we get, you know, a happy ending. And mm -hmm. then, but we also get better people, like, that, that right. there's some really big epiphanies that change the way we function and then the way we deal with other people, you know, out of this, you know, communal drama, you know, trauma that, that mm -hmm. we've had this past year. Uh, I had a user question or, or a listener question. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to know how do you come up with the, the order of the stories? Did, was it like chronological because some it kind of seemed to them that the end where he was in Miami he was falling in the beginning when they were uh were getting scammed in Haiti it it was like what how did she pick her order 
So. Oh, okay. I picked the order very carefully because, you know, uh, the, the stories were written over, you know, over t a decade. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and usually when you're doing a story collection, you're like, okay, I have enough stories for a collection now, but I wanted to do uh, the stories in a way thematically, right? And so the epigraphs kind of give a guide to it, you know, with um, Cindy's uh, poem, you know, being born is the first exile, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then Nikki Giovanni, love is our great adventure. So I wanted it to be like a journey through, um, starting with, with the dosas, dosas, which is like a combo of a, a parental love, you know, this daughter who's so dedicated to her father, who's trying to be, and, and then this marriage that fell apart, and then sort of this, this complicated trio that <laughs> emerges, and then all the way through at the end, where that, that you know, there are loves that outlive lovers. So I really, and, and when you put stories together, inevitably they become in conversation with one another mm -hmm. in a way that when the stories were published individually or were written individually, they were not. So now I know people are reading one thinking, oh, this reminds me of like the daughter here. So you don't want too much repetition. My, my puppy's mm. barking. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that you don't want too much repetition. You don't want, you know, you don't want to repeat too much. So then you have to pace them. I think mm. of it, it's kind of like, you know, you could tell how old I am. I was going to say like an album. <laughs> like, oh, we, we do we, albums. Yeah, we do <laughs> <all the> <laughs> Yes. And it's like, I don't know. It's like now you just drop like a, you know, a like a visual. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> or visual oh album. So, but there's a pacing to, which is different in this in this moment because you know there's so you can kind of pick and choose, right? But in the stories, I like people to read them in the order. It's like it was very well selected for you, yes. so you could have a journey. But um, but I can easily see people. Oh. Sorry, Ember alert. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can easily see people um, just skipping, but I think you, you get a different experience, but skipping around, and a lot of people do skip around when they read short stories, but mm -hmm. um, I'd say read it in the order because the order is meant to be like, um, you know, it's well curated for you, let's say. <laughs> so you can, mm -hmm. so it moves towards like a, a kind of swell to the end. Yeah, I could say that. I was in, I was in the world of everything inside. So like it, mm. it seemed like every, even though the stories were different, they were each connected. They were in the same universe and it didn't seem like one was way out there. And when it seemed like it was all, even though it was different stories, it yeah. was all uh, connected some kind mm -hmm. of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really wanted to do that. I wanted like, I wanted to have them, and I wanted to have eight as, you know, so that it could be like a, a good even number. And I didn't want to have a title story because sometimes with story collections, when you have a title story, the title story is almost like, oh, this is the most important story. The main in focus, the right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, mm -hmm. wanted, I wanted the readers to feel like every story was equally important, you know, mm. in, in the notion, even though, the idea of um, everything inside was, you know, covered in doses, in that doses. story. Yeah. 
but I, but I really wanted, it's kind of like everything inside counts the same, like everything inside is, is important, you know? Yes. In the gift. Um, <laughs> I know, That's one of my favorite ones. It really, uh, it, because the gift is really interesting because it kind of, I, I said it was about adultery originally when I was reading it. I was like, oh, this is about adultery. And nowadays, every television show or every movie has some aspect of an affair or something like that. And they kind of romanticize it. And again, with our podcast and us talking about relationships, you know, that's, that's a topic. Um, but it's more than that, right? It's so complex. It's so much more than that. And actually, one of the listeners said, did you have some sort of inspiration with um, nature or animals? Because there were the Ooh. birds. And so that was different um, because we don't know what she was thinking. <laughs> I mean, to be uh. fair, this woman is, we were like, what? The whole story. I just was, it was, it was interesting because we felt for him. We, we felt for him more, even though he was in this affair with her, but, and then she presented this bird. With the faces. With the faces, this yeah. painting. So just, you know, wondering if that's something that's a part of your culture or how did you come up with that? Well, I am extremely, I, I go through stages with nature. I'm not, mm -hmm. like, I'm not a hiker or a bird watcher or anything. People okay. have asked me if I'm a bird watcher <laughs> just based on this story. But I, this woman is an artist kind of looking for a subject. And, for, and I remember when I was doing research on the birds, I was so intrigued by all the things I was learning, including that one bird that flies backwards. It flies backwards, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, wow, you know, sometimes you, like I hear something like, I gotta put that in a story. Yeah. So, and this, um, this woman who's a teacher, you know, she's an artist, she's a teacher, and I can see her, you know, like she's going through a stage in terms of like what she wants to paint and she's painting birds. Mm -hmm. And, and literally like what you said, I think the, the, the guy was like, what, <laughs> you know, when he saw the, and, and it's, I mean, and it's also a thing about artistic expression. Sometimes it takes you to really crazy places. Mm -hmm. And so I think she really wanted, um, she feels very guilty with everything that's happened and she wanted to give him this gift you know what it's called the gift and then it turns out to be a kind of crazy i mean sometimes we do things and it's more for ourselves right i yes. think she was doing that i think she was painting that that for herself more than anything as a way you know because she was also dealing with a lot she was dealing with her own guilt she was dealing with losing her baby mm -hmm. you know their baby and and this whole thing is, I think, one thing she said that, you know, I think I've heard um, some people express, you know, it's kind of like this thing where if you, you know, someone is in a relationship and you're interested in them and like, you kind of like wish the other person they're with away in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then she's coming to terms with, she's like, oh, I didn't wish that kind yes. of, you know, but did I really, or did, yeah. you know, and then she's really questioning herself, like how far her, her thoughts went, you know, and, and like how far her desire went. She, and she's thinking to herself, like, am I kind of glad this happened? And mm -hmm. then if so, what kind of person does that make me? 
you know, and how, you know, how much did I want this person to have actually wished their partner dead, you know? And then we have enough love triangle lifetime movies to know <laughs> that that's a thing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Right. <laughs> and she's, but, she's like, let's pick up where we left off. Yes, like, yes. But, yes. But she at least, I, I feel like was at least self-critical in a way mm -hmm. to be like, is this a, you know, is this some, what kind of love is this that would make me wish someone else dead to mm -hmm. be with this person? Yes. And, and, and how far can like, are you going to be 90 and looking over at this person and go, oh, you know, I, you know, this is how this love came to be. Right. So I think she's also coming um, she's gradually coming to this realization that that is is that love like what is, you know is that love or is this like some kind of obsession is like mm -hmm. and so so she's trying to express it visually and I think it sort of coincided with the fact that she was also um, creating birds but the mismatch of like the visual dissonance of her painting is in a way a reflection of her internal dissonance and like like, okay, who did I, like who she thought she was and who she thinks she is now after this whole experience. And, and if she has a relationship with this person going forward, like what will it be like given how they came to be together? Mm -hmm. mm. I was thinking that the bird flying backwards was her trying to go back in time mm -hmm. and saying like, if I can go backwards, I, I, things would, I would try to change things. Like mm -hmm. I was telling Lindsay how much I usually don't like the man who cheats on a wife in a story. I'm just like, okay, you're the bad guy. <laughs> right. But in this story, I, I was like, he is a sympathetic figure, even though he was, uh, he was trying to be a jerk to her. And he was like, yeah, there were other women. It wasn't just you. Right. And, but he also had a, he had mental issues that he needed to he he that he needed to get resolved and while the the main character was dealing with her own issues on how to approach him how to talk to him she wasn't really thinking about all the all the real trauma the real life trauma that was going on with her with with her uh mister <laughs> <laughs> mister right i don't yes. know what, what is it uh her, her man and so when she's she's on this meetup and he is and he is the way he is now because he he's dealing with all the regret that the trauma that happened to him in a different and, yeah yeah and so i just that was one i laughed really hard on that story i was just like man this this lady she wants him i i just i was like oh my goodness she came back she got him a gift and the fact that she didn't want to bring the gift, she wanted, she kept the gift at home. Right. So like it was a setup and I was like, oh man, but she didn't realize that like he went through something that he was like, I don't want to go back to the way it was. Like uh, you could, I could talk to you later, but whatever we had, it died in that earthquake. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I just thought it was interesting that she's the flying backwards birds 
she wanted to. I didn't yeah, even think about of that. her going back. It's like, okay, well, you know, everybody thinks of flying as going forward and going towards, but well, if I could just go backwards. Right. So I thought that was very interesting. But this is what I like about your stories because we're reading them at the same time. I, I like to read together. So usually like I'm reading to him or Aaron's reading to me. And so we're reading this at the same time, but we're having two different perspectives. So Aaron will just start laughing and I'm like, what is funny? Or, you know, something. And so I didn't have that reaction at all. And, and I didn't have his perspective, but we, you know, you have your perspective as a black man and I have mine as a black woman and, and, and how I was raised and who I am now. And so it, it's just, it was so engaging to have all of these stories and to read them with you. And then our listeners, it was wonderful. <laughs> so well, you just brought up the gift. Oh, yeah, well, thank you. I mean, I think that's the that's the beauty of literature in a way, and it's a beauty mm. of of reading together. And I think that's why book clubs have become so popular too, because um, reading the same thing and then sharing the experience of reading them. Because when we all read, it's like we all have a different movie in our heads, right? Like we all see different things, and so it's really uh, fantastic to then like share those point of views and then someone else is like oh my goodness I had I didn't think that or I you know they just see it a different way and then you that adds I think to the richness of reading because they're adding to like another layer to your to your experience and I and I really I mean that story more than in any of the other stories I felt like was about someone really like two people actually working something through in real time right like trying to mm. figure out like oh how is this gonna end <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those awkward dinners <laughs> that that you have that people have with exes or <laughs> you know it's, like it's, it's over one is it yeah exactly, exactly. it's like this yeah. is gonna end really well or really badly but mm. i think in a way like she wanted both you know she wanted some kind of closure, but continuity. But she didn't know what was going to come her way. You know. Yes. She didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know what to expect. Yes. <laughs> he was. He looked at it. Uh, that was. Uh, that he was, left uh, it there. So you already yeah, know. Yeah, he left it there. He said you could have did. You could have just drew them older. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't want it. Not from her. I just. Yeah. yeah. That that story was one of the best. But. I, we could talk to you forever, I know, and I'm just so appreciative of this time with you. I think the last thing, I, if you could share, um, okay, two last things. One is if you could share your, your favorite story that you have um, and writing and this book in particular, like if you have one. And the second is if you have any encouraging words for future writers or writers that are, are looking to you. Okay, so I, you know, I, one of the things I love most about writing, and I always say to people is that like being a writer is one of the great advantages of it is that you get to find out what happens first in a story. <laughs> and yes. um, so for me, that's just like the, the watching the development of just watching something blossom from like just a seed of an idea is so it's so beautiful when you finish and you're like oh and you, sometimes you end up in a place that you didn't think you would end up so mm -hmm. for me that's really beautiful and then you know then then to see the the 
the word travel. Mm. You know, the fact that, you know, that through this book, we're talking and I'm getting yes. to look at this beautiful couple <laughs> tonight in this, in this evening of April. It's, it's, there's some magic in that, you know, mm. which, I, which I owe to the, you know, to the power of language, to the power of words, you know, and there's a, a, a Haitian proverb that says, Paul gay pied, Paul gazelle. Words have wings, words have feet, you know, back to the mm. bird story. Yes. Um, and so in, in the way that I, I think it's so powerful, especially in this time that we're living in, how like words can connect us. Like mm. we, we didn't know each other before, but I'll never forget you now. You know, you're part of my consciousness now. And so um. I think that is, that's the powerful that's the gift that literature gives us, you know, and, and Toni Morrison, who I loved, you know, as, as a writer and as a person used to say that Tolstoy, you know, the Russian writer didn't know that he was writing for a little girl in Lorraine, Ohio, just mm. like she didn't know that she was writing for me. Yes. But, but, you know, but just sometimes just as the right people come into our lives at the right time, sometimes the right book comes into your life at the right time. Yes. And it makes such a difference and, and comfort. So, I would say another Toni Morrison thing that she said, um, I'm paraphrasing, like if there's a book that you want to read that hasn't been written, like you should write it. So, yes. you know, and I, and I think that it's the same as with service and anything else. Like if you, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a writer. I don't have anything to say, but you know, but if there's something you want to read and you're looking out there, it's not there, I would, I would echo that advice. And then I would say just, if anything, just do it for yourself. Because for mm -hmm. me, that's how I started. I was one of those writers who, you know, initially I didn't want to share anything with anyone, but I knew that it, it was like helping me, right? If only, if your words only do that for you initially, I would say do it, make it a routine, like make a time for it. Um, and often people will say, you know what, well, I don't know what to say. Just like do some free writing, like just write down, you know, say I'm going to write for 15 minutes what comes to my mind, either as an exercise. Because the other thing, and I say this to my, to my girls, is that we're all living in a moment now that future chroniclers future historians will be very interested in mm -hmm. and even future people in your family like your yes. great grands mm -hmm. they'll you know when you're constantly washing your hands they'll be like what <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you know they will be curious about the great pandemic of 2020 so mm -hmm. i think if you want your version of the story told at least keep a journal keep some notes wow. you know that's, that yes. would be my advice, not just for writers, but I think for all of us. Yes. I have a question that, because uh, <laughs> I don't, I've been murdering their last name and I'm, I'm trying to say it right. So is it, it's, it's like a French accent at the end, right? So is it Dun, is Dundekat? Dundeka? It's, I'll tell you my full name as my mama would say it. Okay. <laughs> like Ed you're about to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Edwige Dantica. Edwige Dantica. Yes, Edwige the T is silent. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Edwige Dantica. 
Yeah. But I was wow. called, but it was Dante Cat my whole life because it's. <laughs> Especially in Brooklyn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We've been saying it all wrong. Oh, it's, it's, yes. that, that is fine. That's fine. <laughs> I would like to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and writing these beautiful words and actually sending us in this pandemic to different worlds and uh i really appreciate it, it got us out of the house mm-hmm. and in in somewhere else and even though there were some some stories that were dramatic it still it still brought us brought us somewhere and i was on these islands i was i was in little haiti in in, in miami and i was i was watching them jump off a boat and swim to shore like i was i was there and so i really appreciate uh you just getting me out the house mm-hmm. without even and and you wrote the the book years ago and it said you took 10 years to write these stories but it was needed especially uh for our book club so yes. thank you so much thank you you thank are you planted <laughs> with us you. oh bless you and your family so much and um we just appreciate you. What an honor again. Thank you so much. And I know. Thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> you both. Thank you. Thank you for having me and good luck with, uh, you know, with the rest of the season of your podcast. It was really wonderful to chat with you both. You as well. Thank you for joining us on our fifth episode. We had such a good time speaking with Miss Edwidge Danticat. And I know that She had some droplets of wisdom in there that you probably picked up on. Tune in to our next book, our second book of our five books we have that we're doing this season two. The second book is All About Love by Bell Hooks. And again, this is one that we have not read. I'm so excited to read it. I've heard great things about this book. And again, we will have a guest speaker at the end. I'll let you know the dates and as we go along, things like that. But it is All About Love by Bell Hooks. Pick it up, read along with us, and we're gonna have a good time. So feel free to always contact us, DM us on Instagram, First Comes Love, TCM. You can call the voicemail at 347-TRUE-LOVE. That's 347-878-5683. You can also email us at letstalk at firstcomeslovethencomesmarriage.com. See See you next next Friday. Friday. Thanks for listening.